Hi, uh, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie John. This is Dane. Hello. This is, uh, you know, that fucking movie podcast where, you know, we do a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of a topic. And those topics include things like directors, fucking studios, franchises, writers. I don't think we've done many writers, have we, Dane? I think we've only done a couple. Yeah, we need to do more writers. I think that'll be fun. But anything, anything we think of, usually I plan it out and, you know, obsess as to which one I'm going to suggest. And then Dane just picks something at the last second. That's generally how things go. <laughs> And then um, we use math to determine the best and worst of the topic. So to get the math, uh, you know, I what I do is I make up a big fucking spreadsheet and I um, average out the IMDb score, the Rotten Tomatoes audience and critic, fucking Metacritic, the box office, the budget. I mix it all together and bingo, bango, bongo, Bob's your uncle. We have the best and the worst. What was our uh, topic this last two months, Dane? Uh, the best and the worst of Robert Rodriguez. I think the first half of his career. Yeah, we, we, we split it down the middle. So we went from 1992 to 2005. Um, I think that was us trying to rig the deck again because I thought we were going to get uh, two two films from 2005. Did you think the same thing? Um, no. What's the other one from 2005? So Sharkboy and Lava Girl, spoilers, is the worst. But that same year, Sin City came out. And Was that the same year? Same fucking year. Oh. Sin City and Sharkboy and Lava... And, sorry, The Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl in 3D is the technical title for this film. <laughs> but anyway, I, I thought... I thought... Um, uh, I thought Sin City was going to win it. Uh, just because I thought it performed better at the box office than it did. And it did have a lot of critical and audience... Like, it's a cult film. Like, it has a huge following. But... Um, Surprisingly enough, the critical response to um, El Mariachi is overwhelmingly his best. And we kind of had a bit of an error in the system. That movie was made for $7,000. So the fact that it grossed over $2 million mathematically makes it absurdly... Like, the, the, the box office budget ratio is insanely, like, broken compared to the rest of his movies. So, as a result of that, um, his best film is El Mariachi. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think of the... What do you think of the math here? Do you think it... Do you think it can't... Like, from your experience <clears throat> with Robert Rodriguez, do you think it kind of reflects... Um, you know? I'd only watched El Mariachi once before because I liked Robert Rodriguez when I was a kid and even, you know, into my teens... Sure. Um, I was a pretty big fan. I think I'd seen every single one of his movies. I was surprised it was El Mariachi because I always thought that that movie was generally considered okay. I completely forgot about the box office ratio. And I just assumed that the reason it won out was because of um, a pretentious critical response. You know, It, it, was- it has 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Like it's audience. See, the thing is, its audience scores are lower, and I think yeah. that's because, and and that makes sense to me because, mm. imagine all the people that saw Desperado at the cinema, mm. and then went and was like, "Fuck, it's a sequel," and then went and watched this little quirky film, and then, yeah, were probably really pissed off. You yeah, know? this one's so- not for. 
the average cinema goer these days. I mean, no, th- th- this is this is for the indie diehards, like people who really like a good independent film or yeah. b- like even like borderline B movie. Mm. Like, do you, would you call this a B movie? Hmm, not really, because I think it's, I think it's pretty good. I th- I, I still mm. think it's a pretty good movie. the The budget shows, but yep. not in the way a B movie budget shows. The effects don't look particularly bad. In fact, they look all right and they they hold up and they don't take you out of the experience. It's a legitimate yep. film, you know. Yep. Uh, yeah, made by a clearly a very talented man. Um, yeah. So, so j- yeah. just before we dive too much into it, I just kind of want to cover Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and then on the other end of the spectrum, nineteen percent uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, and audience like audience scores for like uh, funnily enough, audience scores for all of his kids' films are really bad, like like. You look at the ratio, like the, the the critic critical response and audience response for say Spy Kids, yeah. and you'd think you'd think that that would be the kind of movie that audiences would like. Yeah, but it, it it's like it's rotten. It's got a rotten score. It's got really? a, like a low IMDb score. But for some reason, the critics liked fucking Spy Kids. Yeah, it's, I knew it's, Spy it's very Kids confusing. was. I knew Spy Kids had a pretty strong critical response, but I assumed audiences would like it too. No, audience, like, it has a very low um, audience approval rating on all, all of the platforms made for the general viewer. And I don't understand that. Like, I thought yeah, I thought kids' films were meant to be a bit skewed the other way. Like, I thought that critics usually shat on these sort of films. Yeah. And it was the audiences, like, people voting for their kids and, you know... And they go, leave it alone. It's made for kids. Yeah, that's that sort of argument. But no, like literally his kids' films are shat on. That's by interesting. People. That's very interesting. So and that coupled with the fact that um if you take into consideration marketing, Shark Boy and Lava Girl lost a lot of money. So yeah. Um back to El Mariachi. Um what do you think? Uh it's it's pretty good. Uh, like I said, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid because I was one of those people who saw Desperado. I saw um, From Dust Till Dawn. Um, this was before Sin City came out. Mm. So those were my main two Rodriguez films. And I loved them. I watched the shit out of them. And then I got my hands on a copy of El Mariachi. And I was like, this is the first one. Oh, man, I'm going to watch the shit out of this. I thought I had a new Where the favorite. fuck is Antonio Banderas? <laughs> yeah, like what is this? It looked like it's it looks like it's shot on a home video camera. It, um, it kind of is. It's shot on 16mm. Yeah. Where like most Hollywood films are shot on 35. <clears throat> this was shot on borderline um commercial cameras. Yeah. Which and is you can tell. Yeah, you can tell, but it, but I don't know. It I, I think it it adds to it, you know? I don't think it I, I yeah. don't think this would have looked any better if it was shot. If everything was the same, mm. and it was shot on Super Thirty Five, uh, like Academy Standard film, I think it would make the film look worse. If anything, yeah, it's fine because he uses interesting angles, uh, and it's also interesting scenery, a nice costume design. 
and it's a it's a good story and it's a solid script so you know the, the camera's fine that didn't bother me uh, i think average people will put it on and and instantly be like nah which is fine um but when i was a kid and i watched it i was straight away like oh what is this and then i thought it was boring like it's you know desperado is absurd ludicrous yeah, yeah. This is, um, might be a controversial thing to say, probably not, but I think this is Rodriguez's most mature film. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, or at least he's most nuanced, you know, this, it's probably because he didn't have much of a budget, so he was forced to be subtle. It still has, um, moments of flair, and you can see he's, um, exploitation influence, but... It's, it's, it's a very grounded movie, but effective for that because it grounds it in reality. So you, you really feel the, the pressure that the mariachi is under. Would you agree? Like, oh no, no, no. This is his most, this is his film with the most heart. Mm. Like the, 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 there's the romance in Desperado, but it's still, it feels hammy in comparison. Yeah. Like. It feels because, because like that movie opens with such a ridiculous sequence and there are all these really ridiculous sequences. It kind of distracts you from that other story in the film. And to be honest, like Antonio Banderas is too cool. Yeah. Where like this guy, he could be me or you. Yeah, it feels like a You know what guy. I mean? Feels like a real guy, and and honest to goodness, the the pathos and the and the relationship between him and the and the and um the female character, I really bought into it, and I mm. think that that's that's the that's what really sells this film. Mm. Whereas, like, what sells Desperado is the action, right? Desperado feels like uh, the American, like as if um if. El Mariachi takes place in the real world. Desperado would be the movie Hollywood makes based on that story where they get right and the handsome Hollywood guy to play the mariachi. But instead of what actually happens, they're like, what if he comes in and he's just like, he's like shooting, he's like doing fucking handstands and shooting guns or some dumb shit. You got yeah. Quentin Tarantino <laughs> there drinking piss whatever the fuck it's so absurd and i'd have to watch it again but i think if i watch desperado now i'd probably prefer el mariachi in my old age i'd be like settle settle down can i can i just have something with you know some heart i love the bathtub scene with the mariachi and the woman you know where she's trying to um suss out if he's the 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 guy who, with the guitar the guitar case who's killing people or not, and yeah. so they have that little moment in the bathtub, and then that that's their first little romantic moment. Yeah, it's such that's a, great a beautiful scene. scene. It's well written and it's well paced. And I ju- I haven't seen him do anything else like that in his previous films without it feeling tongue in cheek. I don't know. Like, I know what you're saying. And the, I'm just, you bringing that up just makes me think of the fact that like this guy wrote a book 
Have you read his book? No. Um, he wrote a book called uh, One Man Film Crew. I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but I, when I've looked at it, it's it's him explaining how he made this film right. and how you can make a movie without a crew and all these things you can do to make a film. And yet he successfully hasn't done anything like this ever again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, mm. and And he seems to have taken his own advice but in a weird way like you like to to be able to to be able to pull off the cutting corners and things to successfully tell a good story mm. you need the right story and what he's done here is he's crafted a story around those limitations right yeah. and it's and and he's thriving yeah you know like um it's funny because there are <clears throat> there are themes of um I don't know what you'd call it sort of like technological takeover um at the beginning of the film and throughout um the mariachi reminisces about a time when mariachis were were would walk into a town and they'd be greeted as gods because they were bringing the power of song. Um, but then he goes into town and he walks into a bar and he says, I'm a mariachi. You can pay me very little and I'll bring people into your bar. And uh, I mostly work off tips. And then the guy's like, I've got a whole band. And he points to a guy who's got a keyboard. And then the guy starts playing the keyboard and it's playing like, you know, mock uh, keyboard sounds of an entire band and then he's like why do i need to pay you i can pay one man and i have an entire band and the mariachi talks about how technology has um ruined the artist um which yeah. is funny because after that throughout rodriguez career if there's anything that has been bringing that guy down it's his reliance on new tech coming through so many of his films, they they lose a lot of their soul because of his reliance on digital effects and green screen. See, that's that's what I'm getting at. Is like you know, like the the handmade things, the aspects of El Mariachi. In a lot mm. of his other films, you can see that, but he's focusing it on special effects. Yeah, and it's so depressing. Like I've seen him in interviews, and he's like, he was the first one. He was at the. Con Have you heard of the the famous, uh, com the George Lucas had a famous conference at Skywalker Ranch where he got a bunch of industry leaders in cinematography and and directors, and told them that digital is the future, and everyone laughed at him and said that he's a fucking moron, which he wasn't. You know, like look at the world now, George. He Lucas wasn't wrong. Was right. He is a fucking moron, though. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> He's a moron for different things. Yeah. But but Rodriguez was the first one to really like jump at it. Like he mm. even said that as soon as like if it's good enough for fucking Luke Skywalker, it's good enough for me. Yeah. So he's kind of spent since 1999 trying to really be a pioneer in this digital genre this digital movement yeah but i think he's just missing the fucking point like yeah 
Just because it's digital doesn't mean it's all shot on fucking blue and green screens. Like, that's not what it means. What That's not what that means. Yeah, and he and goes for some over reason, the top with it. He goes ridiculously over the top with it. And he makes it cheap and he makes it at home in his little studio. He has his own studio, animation studio, special effects in his garage. And it fucking shows like you watch shark boy and lava girl and the special effects in that movie are nauseatingly handmade yeah like like they're not rendered properly there's no shading there's no shadows it just looks like fucking garbage and you know good for him he made it all on his own or whatever like whatever whatever he thinks he's doing i don't think is what he's doing but you look at el mariachi and it is he's fucking how he shoots the movie is to save film he would he would do the stop start on the 16 millimeter so he'd cut and then he'd move the camera and he'd and he'd start recording again and then that would be the next angle Mm. like that's how you use limitations yeah i mean the the thing is is that I've, I've heard for so long filmmakers talking about how useful digital technology is. Um, and, you know, and it does save time and it does save money because it eliminates, uh, uh, I forget the term I'm looking for, but the, the potential for mistakes, you know. And, yeah. um, but then, you know, him trying to save time and save money forced him to be creative. And that energy is transferred into the film and it makes it better. It means he has to make better and smarter decisions. When you take that same mentality and you take it into the digital setting, you don't have any limitations with a computer. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But that shows because then he never has anything editing him i mean with el mariachi he had the real world limitations editing his ideas and telling him he can only afford to do this one thing so get creative with it and make sure it's good and now he's sitting in his basement with a green screen and fucking making his children act for him and being like i could do whatever i want give me 50 million dollars we can make a dream world and it looks like shit and he he looks like a madman it doesn't work stop it 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 sounds like we've come across like a bit of a a trend with a lot of these movies that when these filmmakers get access to resources they lose that spark hmm and and he's a he's a textbook example of it. Like you look at his early career, we've got El Mariachi. Then we go jump to Desperado, fucking from dusk till dawn. And then there's a movie called The Faculty. I, th- I don't think I've seen that in fucking years, where the fucking school was taken over by aliens. And then mm. after that, or every single one of his movies, every single one is like overproduced digital shit. It's just... There's a a part in Once Upon a Time in Mexico where Johnny Depp's character who gets about town with a fake arm and he has his real arm underneath to, like, catch people off guard 
and he's got the fake arm on the the window sill and then he smokes a cigarette with his real arm it's kind of an interesting scene i think it was an interesting shot i think it was johnny depp's idea um and i was watching in the director's commentary uh, by the way, when I when I saw that scene in the movie, I thought that that was a cool idea, but it looked like shit because the sunset looked fake as fuck. Um, oh yeah, you know, when he's driving with the body in the back, and yeah. he's about to dump it, and that then scene I, is ruined by the green screen. Yeah, and then I saw in the digit uh, the sorry the director's commentary. Rodriguez being like, "Oh yeah, this scene is great. Uh, this was Johnny Depp's idea, and uh, so what we actually did, we were driving home from a day of shooting, and the sunset looked really nice, and so I got someone to just pull out a camera and film it, and then in post we just got Johnny. And then we just shot Johnny Depp on the green screen, and then in post just inserted that footage of the sunset, and then we." digitally stabilized it and there you have it and i was like you you're talking as if that's good you're talking as no, if it this looks, looks like dog good. shit it looks, it looks shit. like dog shit yeah okay what what about el mariachi you do you think what what's what is its limitations in terms of like the film um what do you think well, the limitations he has brought to that film well, I mean, I don't think any of the, the... So, the film and the story he's trying to tell doesn't feel limited in any way to me. I mean, it's there's no moment in the film where it's like, oh, I see what you were going for here, but unfortunately, you didn't have the budget. So, you had to do this limited version. Yeah. Everything that's on screen feels like that's a, that's a good version of it you know there's a part where he jumps off this balcony and lands on a bus and they're having a shootout in the street and if you watch the action scene and you stop on the like the action points you can see that the um the streets are mostly empty but because of some carefully placed cutaways and the sounds of traffic and the way everything's shot it feels like they're on a very populated street. Yeah. And so the limitations don't even show in this film. You only know they're there if you are looking for them. Sure. I mean, that's how I felt anyway. Even the like with the um, the effects of the, the guns, with the, the blood packs and the part where the mariachi gets his hand shot, spoiler... Um, that'll, that's that's the only, looked- those are the only aspects that I found were a bit crappy, but like you forgive it. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I was just so like, I forgot how I, I didn't remember the opening sequence. Like, you know how the, the, in the movie, there's the cold open with the, the bat. He's not even the bad guy. Like I was thinking about it this time. This movie almost has two protagonists. Mm. Have you, did you th- think about that? Yeah. There's the, oh, cause anyone who doesn't know. That we usually do this. Um, the film is oh, yeah. about like um, a cartel. I don't know if they're called the cartel at this point, but like the 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 bad guys, the cartel in Mexico. One guy is like a a cartel member who was betrayed by the head cartel guy, and then he breaks out of prison and he swears revenge. And his thing is that he gets around town dressed in all black and he carries a guitar a guitar case so that he can 
have weapons in it. Um, and then at the same time, El Mariachi comes to town and he's a genuine guitar player and he's our main character and the main intag- uh, protagonist and we follow him around and then they end up getting confused. Like the only person who has seen this other guy, the, the cartel enemy, uh, is the head cartel guy. So the goons looking for him uh, get these two mixed up. And that's how the mariachi gets mixed up in all this. Um, And so, yeah, I think you're right. The guy who is actually out for revenge to kill the head cartel guy, he's also a protagonist. I only realized at this viewing that, like, I'd say perspective-wise, it's a solid, like, 65, um, like, 35 like in in favor of the the mariachi but we do spend a significant amount of time following his story as well Mm. and it's like but he's he's not the antagonist either no you know what i mean like he's 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 he is almost like this parallel uh protagonist and i don't you don't see that very often do you like uh, that's pretty creative yeah it's very interesting um yeah, yeah we actually do follow him around quite a bit and he's not an unlikable character he you can sort of see it as like the mariachi. He's a very pure character. He he comes. He just wants to play songs for people and and entertain. Um, whereas the the dude in the middle who is after the cartel boss guy, um, he's a bad guy because you know he's involved in drugs and he kills people and stuff. But as the real bad bad guy says later on that the reason he could never become the head cartel guy is because he has too much heart. Like, because he's he isn't, like, an all-round bad guy, but the head cartel guy is just openly a huge piece of shit. Yeah, he, like, it, there's no doubt that he is the antagonist in that, in this film. It's almost a bit like um, No Country for Old Men, where you have, like... Uh, pure good in the sheriff and pure evil in Shigur, and then there's like um, Josh Brolin right in the middle as a as a gray type character. That's a that's an interesting um, comparison. Yeah, and I'm I'm seeing it now. I I think that there was only like one real decision that the that the antihero character did, which was when he abducted the girl. That's the only moment where he does cross that line. For me, like where it's like, okay, you're a bad guy because of this, yeah. But also, he, you know, like everyone has their arc and their and their super objective, and his super objective was to take out this guy, right? So mm. it does make sense within the character. Um, I forgot how thrilling and how intense and awesome the opening, the cold open was. Like yeah, with the guy in the guy in the prison. He's in the prison and the gang's coming after him and he gets out and there's the gunfight and there's the whole sequence on the phone. And and I'm, I, I didn't remember that. Like, I'm watching and I'm like, this is really well edited. The, the, the fucking pacing and the tone is just perfect. It's and on point. And it's, it's on point. And, and it's like, this shows that this is all the aspects that people need to be watching and to understand how to build tension and tell a story. Mm. And, you know, like 
this is a movie worth studying if you've never if you, if you want to make a feature film. Yeah, absolutely. With no fucking money, like th- this is the. I think this is a better example than than Clerks. To be perfectly honest, I think this he uses the cinematic form. Yeah. Where like Clerks very much relies on say the characters and the nothing wrong with relying on the characters, but it's it's a talk piece. There's yeah, it's no all relying on the on the dialogue and the relatability. Yes. You know. Where um, this film has the heart, but it also, it, it's like, cinema's a visual medium, like, mm. do things, like, be creative, use the camera, and mm. and the sound and all these things, and and I can't think of a better example than this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the whole film, but especially this, this opening sequence, is worth studying f- uh, for filmmakers- and for uh, s- storytelling, because it's lacking all those things that they tell you is integral in film school, where it's like he has a shitty camera, and the performances, while they're fine, they get the job done. They are they're a bit corny, and they're clearly amateur actors. But he has them all hit their hit their marks you know they they do exactly what they have to and the camera even though it's low quality it does what it has to and it's about yeah it's about the form it's about the pacing it's about the information that he's presenting and in the way he's presenting it and so it's still compelling yeah the it's outside of the main four I, i don't know if you have issues with their acting but outside of those four Everyone is like, seems laughably out of place, but you can tell that they're, for some reason, he's convinced them that this is a good idea mm-hmm. <laughs> and that they're trying, but like, yeah, the, the, the supporting cast in this are pretty bad. <laughs> I, I forgot how funny it was too. Like the, the moment with the keyboard that you mentioned, like how weird is that joke? Like that is just so it it just feels like it's out of another like that we cut to a different movie out of nowhere, right? Yeah. But then, but then, but then it kind of starts fitting with like th- we have other instances of that quirky humor, and I think he started doing more of that later in his career. Mm. Like, like the his zaniness is more less part of the the fun of it, and more like he just wears it on his sleeve too much, like. You can be quirky. You don't need to be stupid. You know what yep. I mean? And and I think this film, like, balances that really well. Yeah, and the, the scene with the keyboard is great because it is funny, but it's also tragic because the this is obviously heartbreaking for the mariachi to see. That he's like, yeah, why do I need to pay you? A man who speaks about his guitar with such passion. Look. I can just pay this man to, you know, tap a few keys on his keyboard and I have a whole band. And it's such a funny scene and the the guy tapping the keyboard is doing a big cheesy grin at him and it sounds like <laughs> shit. And the mariachi's just watching him with such a sad look on his face. Mm. So it's used very effectively. It would have been it would have been corny and dumb for um for it to feel more serious. 
because we we understand the mariachi's position in life and his stance on these things. So now life is free to just make fun of him. And it's, and it's tragic, but it's hard not to laugh. So he's really stuck in, in an awful position, but that makes for an interesting character. And we, then we really feel for him. Do you think these, this was made to have a sequel? Uh, yeah, I think he probably would have liked to like at the end, um, he's like sets him up like he's a superhero, you know, I don't think it needed one, but I could definitely see Rodriguez being like, and now if I get the money to make a sequel, then I'll make the movie I really want about a cool, you know, gunslinger mariachi guy. It does. Yeah, it is an origin story, isn't it? Yeah, because the rest of Rodriguez's career has been movies like Desperado. I've never seen him make a movie like this again. It's like he was forced to make this more nuanced film. And always what he really wanted to do was make this bombastic shit, which I still like, by the way. But oh, no, I'm like, I'm like, like, I like Spy Kids. I like Sin City, you know, Mm. even even like Machete. It's just stupid. But like, I have fun. Hmm. But, but then, but then sometimes some of his kids' films, like let's uh, let's transition, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. What the fuck was he thinking? Like, what is this film? Can you can you actually g- give a plot synopsis for the people that haven't seen the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in three D? Okay, so Shark Boy and Lava Girl uh, follows a a kid whose name is Max, who's parents are on the verge of divorce or something like that and his mom is like telling his dad you gotta give up on imagination and then his dad's like no one has any business having imagination son dreams are for losers and then max goes to school and he has a dream journal and he's like this is my dream journal. I love to have dreams. And then the teacher's like, or some other person's like, dreams are not good. We shouldn't be having them. And he's like, I'll show you. And then he, uh, one of the creations he comes up what with is- What is the message there? Like- dr- Dreams what? are good. That's the oh, message. Dreams yeah, are good. But like, don't I give don't up think on anyone really- like it's just so heavy-handed, but in a shit way. Like yeah, it's just not clear. Like, like oh fuck! I anyway, continue. For Sorry, kids. I guess. I don't know. So little two-year-old babies. Yeah, who can't? This felt like it was made for thirteen-year-olds. Like, it, do you know what I mean? Like, it felt like it, they were trying to get that like ten to thirteen range, and somehow made a movie for three-year-olds. Yeah, well, it feels like it's for babies yeah no, but i don't think it was yeah i don't know well so one of his creations in his dream journal is shark boy and lava girl and then he starts to see them in the real world uh and he's like oh but it can't be shark boy and lava girl anyway and then <laughs> anyway and then one day he's at school and um he falls asleep i think and, um, and he goes into the dream world and then he's like, Shuckboy and Lava Girl, you're real. And they're like, we need your help, Max. You are the 
key. Chosen one. To everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, you know, something we can talk about is the, the movie is um basically the matrix for kids. Max is Neo and they get him into the dream world, the matrix. And they're like, you're the chosen one. You got to realize your true power. And he's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And then they're like, oh no, everything's bad. Because <laughs> there's a guy who is taking over the dream world. He's saying dreams are bad. Fuck them. And they're like, oh, we got to... Max has to realize his true potential to save the dream world. So then for the whole movie, they're trying to fall asleep. That's what's happening. They keep looking for opportunities to go to sleep. So that Max can dream a better world. And I don't know about you, Joe, but I was struggling to stay awake. <laughs> um, so the year is... Uh, I have not seen this film since 2005. I hadn't seen it uh, at all. I went to the movies to see this. Oof. And... Um, my mum let me get whatever I want for snacks. So I got a giant Pepsi. I got a giant popcorn and I got these things. Do you remember Gobstoppers? Yeah. They were like the, the packet lollies that you suck on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I'm scoffing my Coke I'm, or Pepsi or whatever. I'm scoffing my popcorn and I start eating these Gobstoppers. And I was wearing 3D glasses and... Something mixed with the the gobstoppers and the 3D glasses resulted in me having to throw up all over the cinema and leave early. This movie literally made me sick when I saw it at the cinema. I threw up in the cinema. It's probably for the best. Yeah. So I never actually finished it as a kid. Um, And I can't believe now as a 26-year-old I have. Um, did you like it? No, no, nothing. I, there, there is no, no compliment I can give this movie. It's very like, weird, isn't it? It's it is such a strange weird. movie. It's it's literally the bizarro nightmare inverse of El Mariachi. Yeah, like mm, so. I, I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know if you know what Rodriguez did on this movie. Um, Rodriguez oh, was everything? the director. He has like 17 credits. Yep. He was the director. He was the producer. He was the screenwriter. He was the visual effects supervisor, the director of photography, the editor, a camera operator, a composer, and a performer. Yeah. He did everything. He did all of it. I think. Except for some of the writing, which was co written by his fucking children, which is fine. That's cute. Whatever. He's got several other member of members of his family in the credits as well. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. It, this film cost $50 million. It's a vanity project for his kids. It's insane. It's a... Uh, is, it, is it too much to suggest that this movie is a scam... Because what costs $50 million? This movie looks like it costs $7,000. It, it it looks like it costs $50 million, but just completely and utterly 
Actually, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it costs fifty million dollars at all. I don't understand it. It looks Spy like Spy Kids three D like- <clears throat> cost thirty eight million dollars. This is twelve million dollars more than Spy and Kids three no, D. The, the, they 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 afforded they they could afford David Arquette as the dad. Yeah, he's like the biggest name in the movie, right? Uh, yeah. David Arquette. Yeah, and he shows former, up for like former, 12 minutes. Former WCW maybe. world champion David Arquette is the only actor that they can really afford. Maybe you, you could argue a pre-fame, a pre-Twilight Tyler Lautner is in it. But this yeah. is like his first film. Yeah, he's a child in this. Um, also, the the mum is um, one of the women from Sex and the City. Um, oh, not yay. Sarah Jessica Parker or Samantha, the the third most famous. Right. Okay. Um, and Do also think- George Lopez, who I don't really think he was charging much. Sorry, who the fuck is George Lopez? Uh, he plays. Oh, Mr. the teacher, Electric. right? Hmm. Where the fuck is he? What else is he in? I don't know, but I know George Lopez. He's one of those just... I think he was in a TV show in the 80s, and since then he's been in a few other things, but he's just sort of been famous for a long time. Well... But I gotta say, I just want to quickly say... Yeah. Do you think the $50 million was to build his special effects studio in his backyard? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I actually wrote in my letterbox review of it that... um, I think this was a some sort of like money embezzling scheme. It it I I, I don't it, like the 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 special effects like the the sharks at the beginning when they're talking and it's everything just looks half ugly. rendered. Half yeah, yeah, rendered. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the it thing. Didn't... It's like when you watch in um you know behind the scenes of movies with lots of special effects. Yeah, the you and you you see them like. You know, like, this is what it looked like at the beginning and then stage two and three until eventually everything is in there and you see what it looks like at the end. Yeah, it's like the halfway stage before it starts to look good. It There's no there's no shading. Like, it all looks bubblegum and flat. Like, mm. or sorry, contrast. It has no contrast. Like, one of the big things that is needed and has been necessary in the pioneering of special effects is shading. Mm. That is why, like, fucking, you know, uh, Jurassic Park 1 has aged so well. It's because it's the shadowing, it's the shading that was used to to present the dinosaur. Mm. This movie doesn't even try to, like hide how hideously disgusting it is no it wears it on its sleeve because it, is it a ego vanity thing like whoa i started my career making a seven thousand dollar movie handmade and, and now me watch now, me throw I'm, 50 million dollars in the trash basically like i don't like he loves his children that's all i'm gonna say like, he must really love his fucking kids. I mean, does because- he? Because I couldn't think of anything meaner to do to my son than be like, 
oh, what's that? Your little drawing? I'm going to turn it into a $50 million film and put your name on it. And it's going to be one of the worst (laughs) movies ever made. Oh, you're not wrong. But I don't know. I just don't... There's no logic to this film. And it it doesn't feel like a real film. That's, That's all I kept thinking when I was watching it. I'm like, this isn't a real film. This is a... This is a fake trailer or like a fan movie that's been put on YouTube that should be three minutes or something. Not yeah, not or, fucking 90 minutes, I'm pretty sure. This movie goes for over an hour and a half. Did you I'm ever go sure. to Questacon and um, play in the little green screen area? And then it's like, like that. Yeah, you go and you walk in the into the green room and there's a bridge, you know, just a wooden bridge. And you walk across that and then you look up at the TV and you're walking on lava. And you're like, ah, look, I'm on lava. And you start playing the little character. You're like, oh no, I gotta cross the rickety bridge. Hope I don't See? fall in the lava. It's kind of like he built the green room and then got these kids in there. And he's like, all right, let's see what you got, kids. I'll animate it all by myself. I got four weeks. I would have loved if he cast his kids in the film. Yeah. That would have been better. His (laughs) son and daughter are Shark Boy and Lava Girl. If that was the case, then I would... I think this movie would have been like a 10 out of 10. Like, it would have (laughs) been perfect. But for some reason, most of it feels like he wasn't trying... But he, but that was fifty million dollars, yeah, and he did, did everything go? on the film. And it's meant so to be this like trying. huge labor of love. It's it's for his son, and it looks like no one was given any direction. The lines are delivered so poorly by everyone except George Lopez, who deserves an Oscar for his performance. He's so fantastically hammy. I love it. But everyone else, like David Arquette and What's-Her-Ass and the other kids, are terrible. Genuinely fucked up bad that you kind of feel like, are you guys making fun of me for watching this right now? Like, is this a prank on me? It does does feel like that, like, Billy Madison fucking line. Like, from watching this movie... I'm significantly dumber now. Like yeah. it's it's literally that in a film. And I just like it it has to be an ego thing. Like that's the only thing I can think of. There's no or or I, you know what the moral of this film is? The moral of the film is unlike El Mariachi where it should be encouraging you to do everything on your own very simply. If you have $50 million, don't do it on your own. Yeah. yeah. Get other people to do the work. Yeah, Spread you don't need to load. do everything on your own when you have a studio giving you $50 million to make it. You don't have actually, to then turn it into a home movie. Actually, it. I'm thinking about it now. It makes sense. If I was camera operator, editor, producer scriptwriter, director, stunt coordinator. If I was all those things on a film and I and I had a had a fucking time limit, it would the movie would be terrible. I would I would probably I would probably make Shark Boy and Lava Girl now that I think about it. So it has to just be he he 
took he bit off too like more than he could chew but like why did he choose to do that what maybe made because him think that was, was a good idea maybe because it was his son's thing like didn't his his son come up with shark boy and lava girl and he's like i can turn that into a movie yeah racer rodriguez his son is credited has a story writing credit on it yeah and so it's like if it's it's for his kids he's like well i want to do it by myself like i don't want anyone else to come in and you, you know have a voice in this because this is between me and my son so i'm going <laughs> to cares? like fucking strap the camera and the sound equipment to me and i'll animate it you know as we're shooting and i just imagine him with like all this gear strapped to him and he looks like a big filmmaking monster and he's like all right kids let's make a movie come on shark boy (laughs) (laughs) oh god it nah i i wonder if there's a fucking shark boy and lava girl porn parody out there oh god there would be there fucking would be wouldn't there Oh, God. I don't know what to say other than, like, I think I entered a different dimension for about 90 minutes. Yeah, I would say don't watch it. Um, I was keen to watch it because I'd never seen it and I heard it was really bad. And I saw a YouTube compilation of all the shitty special effects and I thought it looked really funny. And so I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that looks sick. Uh, Let's watch Sharkboy and Lava Girl. It was just depressing though, right? Yeah, no, it's just a a miserable time. It's, um, and it's a really strange experience because you, you, the whole time you're just wondering why did he do this? And I've got it. Why didn't he stop at at some point? Like who, who watched that at, at fucking dimension and go, yep, that's good. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't usually do this, but I'm just genuinely fascinated. I've opened up some IMDb trivia here. The movie was shot and completed so quickly that by the time Robert Rodriguez was ready to ship it, the advertisements weren't finished yet. Yeah, what is he up to? That's so weird. Why do that? Because it's clearly not finished. Did he, did he, did he, like... Okay, do you think that he gave up halfway? Did he realize that he bit off more than he can chew and then on kind of, and then just and then just shot the baby and was just like fuck it, I'm just going to get this out there and I'm going to move the fuck on and it's in the past now. Yeah, it kind of feels like he gave up. Like he didn't want to work on it anymore and he was like I hate this. This sucks. I'm never doing anything for my kids again. It, it must be like, you know, like there's the episode of fucking you know Seinfeld where George Costanza quits his job. That's it. I quit. And then, and then he like, he like freaks out and realizes that he quit his job. Mm. So he just turns up the next day pretending that like (laughs) he didn't quit. Like, is that this movie? Like he, he's like, gets it out there so he can pretend that he never made it or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's more like, I mean, like (laughs) I, I think he's full of shit. Cause I don't I have no idea why he made this. Unless, yeah, I don't either. Unless like his wife made him do it. Like his son was like, Hey dad, can you make Sharkboy and Lava Girl into a movie? And he's like, No, I make real movies. 
11 visual effects companies worked on the film in order to accomplish over 1,000 visual effects shots. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Why? What are you... I mean, like... That's where the 50 million went. I guess it's kind of ambitious because he was trying to make a dream world. So... you, you understand where the magic is supposed to be? You know, the kids, they sail down to ice cream land. Oh, it's ice cream land. We're landing on a giant cookie. We're on a river of milk. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then some big robot, like, flies them around. And he's like, there's the train of thought. And then they're on some train. And the train is flying through the sky. And it looks like shit. This is what people. This is what the people who didn't like Inception wanted that movie to be. I've heard that argument so many times. I heard it again recently. It's why it's in my mind. What, what like, was the argument? Oh, you make a movie about dreams, and 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 you don't do anything crazy or weird. Like the weirdest thing that happens in it is the the city, you know, folds over, and and then there's a train on the road. Like you're not going to do anything crazy. It's like, what do you want? You want you want to see what happens when you try to do that? You get Shark Boy and Lava Girl. You get this mess. This costs fifty million dollars. Look at this disgusting atrocity. But one of the ugliest movies ever made and you know what i think i think rodriguez had no idea how shit this was gonna look he had all this like no 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 we can do anything i i'll just put the kids in a green room and we can do anything computers are magic do do your wildest dreams we can conjure anything we want um so and then it just all looked like shit so fucking in America, unions on film sets are insanely overprotective. If I'm in a sound department, I cannot touch a lens. Or if I'm in, if I'm a camera operator, if I'm the DOP, I'm not allowed to touch the camera because the camera operator needs to touch it. They're unionized up the bumhole, right? Mm-hmm. Which means if he sh- if he did eleven jobs in that film. He got 11 salaries. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think it's a big load of shit. It's a big... It's a big fucking... That mixed with the fucking 10 special effects studios. Yeah, I think this is a... This is a fucking tax write-off or something. He got 11 paychecks. His son got a paycheck. His wife and his auntie and his sister and his brother all got a paycheck because they're credited on there as well. All his kids get a paycheck for the work that they did. Uh, I'm sorry. I do not know where this $50 million went. There was at least a few mils skimmed off the top. He showed up with this thing early. Early? He's like, yeah, it's done. Like, do you, don't you want more time? No, no, no more money left. It's all gone. It's all gone into the ice cream land we made. <laughs> Doesn't look like ice cream land. Looks like cum. You got these kids yeah. jo- running around on cum. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't care. No, let's just get it. And d- okay, do you think that this ruined his career? No, still working. Kind of. But like, what has he made since? Oh, Machete was big. M- machete was not successful though like it didn't really make it didn't it made a bit of money 
but like it wasn't critically or like it wasn't popular no like it, it, it exists but yeah like, i don't think he's getting 50 million dollars after shark boy and all he did a leader battle angel so i think that was a big budget yeah but that's not him that you was know. 200 I mean, like, million dollars before then i think he was a uh a tarantino guy like tarantino's I think one of the few guys, maybe the only guys still standing from that 90s period of um, visionary directors who's still doing his thing, you know? Yep. People still look forward to a Tarantino movie. He still makes what he wants. Uh, guys from like that Rodriguez era. now, I think he's more a director for hire. It's mm. not going to be like well, from the mind be. of Robert Rodriguez. Well, he made... He made- the sequel to Sin City in 2014, which bombed fucking hard, lost like over thirty million dollars. Yeah, and then fuck, that came and then, way too late, and then f- a way too fucking late. And then five years later, he finally gets a fucking he gets a, a gig making making um Alita Battle Angel. So it took him five years yeah. to do that. And then the same year, he made a oh this might be worth it. Um, he, he shot a film on a phone for $7,000. Yeah. Yeah. He did that, that one with his son as well. And it's based on his book. Are you joking? No, I read about that. It's, it's, it's based on his book about the, the one man crew. It's deliberately shot for $7,000 and he made it with his son. Is it worth watching? Do you think? Maybe, uh, maybe. So it's it's a it's a documentary or it's no like, I think it's what a is film. It? I think it's a film, like a narrative a fiction. Oh, I'm looking at it now. So yeah, the famous story about El Mariachi is that he sold his body to science to raise the money to make the movie. Yeah. So like he became a pharmaceutical test dummy. Yeah. So it's about um, that, I think. Okay. A guy wow. who's stop working with your kids. It's weird. Watching Will Smith starting production companies with his children. Would you stop? That's weird. Me and my well, son are making a movie it, together. Well, it's called nepotism. And sometimes it can work. I'm sure there are great examples of, you know, multi-generational, like, nepotism working. Like, you know, John Huston... Like, the, he's a famous director in Hollywood, one of the big ones in the 50s. Mm. His dad was a director, an actor, and then his kids are Angelica Houston. And, like, and they all work together and they make good shit. So, it isn't, it isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I'm sure that they wouldn't work together if they weren't good. You know what I mean? Like, John mm. Houston wouldn't hire his daughter and get his daughter an Academy Award... For something that sucks. I don't know. He probably would. They all, well, uh, There's plenty so of other examples of people. Yeah. Because there's plenty of... They would do it anyway. There's plenty of other examples of people who insist on working with their children and their family members. And it sucks. And they just do it because it's their family. Sure. But what I'm saying is it's not always the case. No, it's not I'm always that, bad. But I and, think I just don't like it because it's like... I don't get along with my parents. So when I see fucking Michael Douglas kissing his decrepit father and going, I love my dad. I'm like, get off him. <laughs> Grow the fuck up. Hate your parents. Oh, uh, and, and with that, <laughs> 
you leave Kirk Douglas out of this. He was a national treasure. Thank you very much. All right. Fair, fair enough. R.I.P. <laughs> big man. I love Kirk Douglas is great. Um, I sent you through some um, some reviews. Do we want to yep. give him a read? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... So, there's two 10 and two 1 or 1 2 star. Yeah, um, yeah. You can, you can kind of guess which is for which. Yeah. So, I'm going to start with... Um, start with I'll start with a positive review for El Mariachi. So, this is by... <laughs> this is a great name. Phoenix Reviews the Films. Shout out to Phoenix. From hello, 2020. Phoenix. Oh, Hello. Uh, this is 10 out of 10. This film is beyond godlike and cannot be topped by anything that dares stand up to it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, okay, calm down, Phoenix Film Reviews. Um, oh, hang on, hang on a, a minute. That's a bit much. I think he's... Oh, hang on. It has such a high budget that any film that comes up to it with its pitiful amount of money... It has a song that beats Taylor Swift and all the other musical disgraces can't uh, compare this what is am a I, what? good review for Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Is it really? Okay, hang on. Oh, dynamic debut. All right, fuck it. I'll do the Shark Boy and Lava Girl one. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. It has such a high budget that any film that comes up to it with its pitiful amount of money. It has a song that beats Taylor Swift and all the other musical disgraces can't compare to this. I recommend this to anyone and it's on Netflix because they know it's the best film ever. I won't this is spoil a piss anything, take. but let me tell you that the costumes are godly. The song Dream, 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 Dream is perfect. The effects are flawless. This is a must watch. This is a piss take. Don't do piss take reviews. No, but that was a really shit piss take review. Like we've been fooled a couple of times where someone has baited us. Yeah. And it's been a piss take review and I've had to give them credit. That was just a bad piss take. Hmm. Like it wasn't funny. Boo Negative stars for you, Phoenix. Get creative. Do something cool. Fuck with anyway uh okay this is the first movie that i've ever nodded off in okay i think this is the shark boy and lava girl one okay okay negative review for shark boy and lava girl it's funny because there's not gonna actually be one a positive star. review for shark boy and lava girl so of course it was gonna be a piss take you know yeah <laughs> all right so this is one out of ten awful by nj melissa from 2005 this is the first movie that I have ever nodded off in. So bad, so long, so very boring. Another adult in our party also fell asleep. I think the story would have been much better without the character of Shark Boy. Why are there adults seeing this movie? And then reviewing I guess they go with their kids. But there was another adult in their party? Yeah, it you go with- It was a play date um, for kids? Yeah, you go with a bunch of other parents and their kids- I forget you know. that there are a lot of people out there that aren't like me and go and see movies with people. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I don't usually don't go with anyone else. I'm like, mm. why would I go to the movie with someone else? Uh, yeah. Ruin the experience. Um, or they're just like, there's no point. When, when am I going to talk to them? I could sit next to anyone. It'd be the same experience. 
I dare you the next time you go to the movies, just sit next to the other person that's there. Just yeah, because the next time I go goes. to the movies, there's only going to be, like, one other person in the theater. Unless yeah, I go and watch... Um, Kong versus Skull Island. Yeah. <laughs> Kong Good versus one. Skull Island. Um, <laughs> you just couldn't feel anything for this kid. Lava Girl seemed to connect more with the main character. Jeez, I cannot even remember his name. They also should not have bothered with the parents at all. They added nothing to the story. True. Yeah, true, but I mean... He can't just have no parents. But I know what you mean. It was just a big old boring mishmash. I expected much better from this director. The movie had no oomph. My kids will enjoy pretty much any movie and they didn't complain about this one. If your neighbor invites the kids, let them go and stay home with a book or folding laundry or ironing or mopping or cleaning the bathroom. You'll thank me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. That was, yeah. Don't go and see it at the movies then. Fuckwits. Okay. 10 out of 10. Masterpiece. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's Phoenix again. Hang on. (laughs) Get real... Even for... Ba, ba, ba. Okay, Dynamic Debut, Poe, 426, 10 out of 10, 2005. Jaded, perhaps, by years of toiling in the public access field and having sat through scores of first founder, foundering efforts by scores of foundering aspiring filmmakers. Oh, this guy's a wanker. I was taken completely by surprise by the remarkable Robert Rodriguez's first film, as sure and as polished as any feature, El Mariachi belies its no-budget roots and stands as a testament to determination and talent. If you're one of those whose attention span precludes sitting down and actually reading Rodriguez's book, Rebel Without a Crew, I recommend obtaining a DVD featuring his 10-minute film school and pay very close attention. There'll be a quiz afterwards. Uh, don't want to hang out with the guy, but I completely agree with him. I agree too. Yeah, he uh, he's on point. I... A bit fruity with his words. Hmm. Like, he's probably got about 50,000 reviews on IMDb. Jaded, perhaps, by years of toiling in the public access field. I'm so sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, you can... Woe is me, first world fucking problems. Now, this is the one I was really looking forward to. By George81. This is a two-star review... For El Mariachi from 1999. Ooh, I love early internet shit. Get real, even for $7,000. I know it's his first film, and I know he only spent $7,000, but still, how can Ebert say this is a good movie? It's pathetic. For a commercial product? Maybe for a family movie fest, featuring all the relatives? But the actors... Other than the mariachi, the joint girlfriend, and the real hitman are so stiff and artificial that it was a pain to watch them. This moco guy is such a bad actor that I can't believe the director couldn't liven him up any. There are a couple of cute scenes, but by and large, this is not worth watching. I just had to in view of all the fuss everyone made. Don't bother. Wow. kind of can't disagree from a an like an average person perspective he didn't get anything else from the movie that's it i think he just got caught in by the hype 
You're just like, what? This is fucking boring. But Which, it isn't. When I was nine, I would have been nine when this review came out. I would have agreed. Well, he must have time. been nine as well when he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. I had to correct a few misspellings. He spells watch as watch. Ah, okay. He was I mean, five. I think he's a bit kind of like, you know, he's one of those guys who saw Desperado and was like, hell yeah, pimp, I'm going to watch this one. And uh, he was like, what? What the what the hell is this? He's not dancing and shooting people and blowing heads off. It's, you know, it's a more quiet, nuanced piece. It's good. Cool. It's um, ironic. Hey, it's so ironic that this is the most mature film he ever made. You it know is what I mean? weird, hey. Yeah, very weird. Like, this really feels like a film he should be making now. And when he first started, he should be making things like Machete. You you see, that w- what confuses me about this guy's review is that, like, he knows fully well that it wasn't made for much money. He comments mm. on that. And yet, his complaints very much have to do with how little the movie was made for. Like, the, the things that he's complaining about, I do forgive because it was made for $7,000. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it isn't... It isn't the sort of thing that, you know, you'd realistically expect any better unless he was like a crazy perfectionist and didn't make the movie the way he made it. And the way he made it's what makes it fun and unique. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't understand this guy. Uh, yeah, I think he's just kind of stupid. Yeah, I guess so. Anywho, um... Do you want to give your your final thoughts and fart ratings on these two films? Um, Yeah, El Mariachi is a good film. I'd even say it's possibly a great film. I enjoyed it quite a lot, and um, I was pleasantly surprised. However, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. I think the, the low quality of the production... Can foreign l- language oh yeah and also subtitles so you know if you don't like subtitles and you don't like anything that isn't the the latest highest production quality then you know steer clear you're not gonna like it um but i highly recommend it especially for uh you know anyone looking to make their own movies uh this is absolute must watch or even if you just you know film history uh you're interested in how films are put together it's definitely definitely one to check out um i like it a lot i give it eight farts out of ten and Sharkboy and lava girl is a mystery film i'll be thinking about it for a long time just wondering what the fuck it is why it happened uh i would if a book came out about like the behind the scenes of it how it was made and the origins and everything i would buy that book because it is very interesting, and it's hard to find anything that really explains why this is such a mess. It's such a strange movie, but it's not There's worth... There's barely anything about it online. Yeah. It's not worth watching for even for, like, a, a laugh. Check out the YouTube video with a compilation of some of the worst effects. That's funny, but the rest of the film is just a drag, and it's very boring, and it's... Yeah. It's bleak, um, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I give it a one, one dirty, stinky, shitty fart. 
Yeah. Um, El Mariachi is great. Uh, perfect little indie film. Um, it wears its fours like a badge of honor and laughs in, in its, in the face of pretense. Um, I had a lot of fun. It's funny. It's action packed. It literally is insane that this is a debut movie because he understands visual storytelling and this is the best he's ever done it. And then <laughs> like, it's all downhill from here. It's crazy. Um, for that, I'm giving it $7,000 farts. Um, <laughs> just because I think it's worth that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl isn't a real film. I entered an- We've entered another dimension in which this is okay. And somehow we left that dimension robbed by Robert Rodriguez because somehow he swindled our money out of us and then spat us back to reality with a headache. That's what this film is. Um, biggest piece of shit, depressing, not like I cannot give rate anything. Like I don't even think like I, I, George Lopez or whatever his fucking name is, wasn't even hammy enough for me. Like nothing in this film was, gave it any worth to me at all. And as a result, um, I'm giving that, yeah, one fart out of 10. I cannot stress how upset this film made me like i cannot uh, it, it i disassociated while watching it at one point i just left my i left my body mm. i floated around a little bit and i came back and i was still watching this film it's that yeah it's got- i got i got really upset like i audibly started weeping at one point i saw that there was still 45 minutes to go and i was like oh you cried <laughs> <laughs> poor thing oh god anywho um i have a little surprise for you dane cool i'm adding a new segment to the show oh dope um each week we are going to induct someone or something into the movie butts hall of fame and um it's my turn this week mm-hmm. it'll be your turn next week and because I love him, he's my boy, he's my baby, he's my gone baby gone. I'm um I think the first inductee into the movie butts hall of fame has to be Ben Affleck. I agree. I don't think there is anyone out there that we ha- have expressed our shared love for more. And I and, you know he didn't he didn't win or get nominated for that Academy Award for best director. So you know I think this might make up for it. Hopefully, what do you think, Dane? Yeah, I think uh I think it's well deserved. Um cuz he's he's a, he's a special treasure and he's very special and near and dear to our hearts. Ben Affleck, he's almost the mascot of the show, so he should be the mascot of the show. He is in fact my spirit animal. If I were to astral project, I would be Ben Affleck. Mhm. And um and yeah, that's uh you got to think of something next week, Dane, that you're going to induct in the Hall of Fame. And um, you're not going to beat Ben Affleck, though, unfortunately. I don't think there's anything that could could top that. No, he's the king, so... He is the king. He is the king. Anywho, it's my turn to pick this week. You picked... You, do you, I hope you know you picked the last... You picked this. You picked uh, Robert Rodriguez. This was yeah, you. Yeah, I remembered. I remembered as I was uh, saying... How I thought Shark Boy and Lava Girl was going to be funny. I was reminded that this was my fault. 
this is entirely your fault. Um, I need a palate cleanser. Um, there was there. Have you heard of the director Alex Cox? No. He is a independent English filmmaker that I've heard of a few of his films and I haven't seen them. Um, so we're going to watch the 80s output of Alex Cox. He made a movie called Repo Man, if you've seen or heard of that. I've heard of that. Um, he made Sid and Nancy, uh, the movie about... Um, heard of that. Yep, yeah, and he also made this movie, which I'm pretty sure will win as the worst, a bonkers western called Walker. All right. Um, so, yeah, next next week we'll be watching the best and worst of the 80s output of Alex Cox. Oh, Cox. yeah. C-O-X. What is that? Cox? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.